Hey listeners, we are on the road this week on vacation, but we have a fantastic interview with Tracy Crosley coming up all about sexy self-confidence. Hang around and give it a listen. Don, as you know, I often say self-confidence is sexy. You really do. That is like a theme of yours. Yeah, I do. And often I'll tell people self-confidence is sexy. And then I turn around and walk away and they're like, wait, hey, fuckface, come back here. (laughs) Give me some of that self-confidence. Often they don't call me fuckface, but sometimes they do. (laughs) And I I, I guess, Tracy, the answer to the first question is, yes, it's okay to cuss on this podcast. Fortunately for us today, we have an expert on self-confidence, Tracy Crosley. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. And thank you for allowing me to cuss because that just works for me. <laughs> well, good. It's so much easier than trying to cut it out or change how we talk. <laughs> so Tracy, you've done a lot of work around self-confidence. And th- tell me a little bit to start with, what is your background? Were you born self-confident? You popped out of the womb going, I own this world. I've got it. Excuse me, I have to catch my breath on that one. Uh, <laughs> no, I was not confident. I was exactly the opposite. Super, you know, insecure as a kid. I was smart. My parents told me that I was very serious, that I didn't know how to have fun as a child, which they didn't really ever need to tell me that, by the way, because, you know, that was their interpretation. So I think I was always trying to figure out why I felt like I was wrong all the time and I didn't feel confident. So I did things to try to feel confident but they never really led to being confident. You know, uh, there was like people pleasing or being a perfectionist or, you know, anything that really had nothing to do with who I really was, but that I thought I had to be. And so that was me for many years. So what was the change? Why did you just get tired of it? I'm trying to think of myself. Did you, did you just get tired of it? Or was there a specific thing that happened where you decided to flip that? You know, there was a lot of things that happened. I mean, um, I always had an interest in psychology when I was a kid and spirituality and things like that, but I didn't really understand how, how I was so intellectualized to things rather than able to feel or connect to myself. And so there was a series of relationships that I had. There was things that, you know, didn't work out in my life, let's say, and I started looking at things going, okay, I'm missing something here, you know, and this didn't happen just in one day. It was over years. And so I ended up in 2008 reading a book that led me to another book. Um, I do that. Like if I read a book and they're mentioning other books, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to pick that book up. Right. Mm -hmm. So I picked up this other book and I thought I want to meet the author and the author happened to be here where I am in Los Angeles met her, met her business partner. And I ended up doing some free work for them because I was unemployed at the time. And of course, why wouldn't you just do free work because you have no confidence in yourself? So, you know, like, right. Uh, Anyways, they offered me a training as a coach. And I thought, hmm, do I want to do this training as a coach? I really didn't because I didn't imagine how you would make money as a coach. But There was a lot in the training that I got. I ended up doing it. um, And I ended up with my bachelor's in psychology, master's in psychology. But, you know, that's all great and dandy. But it was really my own life experiences that drove me and drove my business because my experiences were what other people could relate to because I didn't really understand. And I don't think a lot of people do what the true definition of of self-confidence is. It's not in your skills and your talents. 
it's being okay because you breathe. Yeah. It's as simple as that, right? No, it's not. No, no, it's not as simple as that. I want to know more about that. (laughs) What is the actual definition of, of self-confidence? You see it, you recognize it when you see it, but I don't know how you you tell somebody when you feel it too. And it's hard to describe that feeling to someone. So it's a feeling (laughs) because if you don't have a feeling behind something, it's sort of empty. You know what I mean? It doesn't have any legs to stand on. It's a weak foundation, a house of cards. And so when you have real confidence, you can walk into any situation, not that you're knowledgeable and you know everything, but it's, you know, yourself. And when you know yourself and you walk into a situation, let's say that you don't know anything, you're not afraid to ask because you're not worried how you're going to look because you're still okay to you. As long as you're okay to you, that's all that really matters. But most of us, we gauge our okayness from what other people react to us with, right? We're always validating or invalidating ourselves based on someone else's opinion, or if someone agrees with our life choices or whatever it happens to be professionally or personally. I absolutely agree with that. This idea that it's a, that it's an inside job, so to speak. Right. But mm-hmm. how important is, this is one of the challenges I hear from people a lot. So I want to get your take on it is it's all well and good for you um, Tracy to say, you've got self-confidence, but you're, a, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing what they would say if they were on the zoom with us right now, they'd say you're an attractive human being. It's easy to have self-confidence if you're an attractive human being, but I'm overweight. I don't know how to do makeup. I don't know how to drop shop fashionably. A lot of people will suggest their lack of self-confidence comes from, they just don't have the physical tools, the outside package, the outside package. Is there any validity in that? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I grew up, I always thought I was so ugly when I was, and I was, (laughs) I just was like, not an attractive kid. Okay. Not an attractive teenager. Right. And so I had to develop this thing called a personality, um, because that's what I went on. And so I was like the smart kid with humor, like humor was my thing. Um, you know, and so I've never been like, oh, I look good or whatever. I, I kind of have, I think still some form of a disconnect to how I look. Um, but I don't always wear makeup. I, a lot of, most of the time don't wear makeup. Um, and a lot of times I let my hair dry naturally. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think about it cause I don't care, but I care. Like I would be lying if I said I didn't have any form of vanity, but that has nothing to do with my confidence level because I can look back to when I was young and I looked better than I do now. Okay. Cause I'm in my fifties and I, when I was in my twenties, I had zero confidence, but I looked better. Like I look back, I'm like, what was I complaining about back then? <laughs> so, you know, it just, it has nothing to do with it. It has to really do with how you perceive yourself in the world. And a lot of that comes from your conditioning. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, and uh, that was one of the questions I, I wanted to ask. And I probably have a lot of questions because I also have a degree in psychology and I like to try to figure out what makes people tick and mm-hmm. what makes them work and how they think. And it's like, how do you gain confidence? I got a couple pictures in my head. How do you gain confidence when as a kid, you were never given the opportunity to be confident? Um, and then I think about me with my kids and did I help them be confident? And, but, and then some kids just are mm-hmm. confident 
right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, you know, I, I came from a crappy childhood, whatever. Of course, I'm not confident. But no, I knew some kids that had it just as rough as I did. And damn it, they had it going on. Hands on hips. I am who I am. And, you know, and, and they they just went into the world like that. And some of us don't. So I'm sure that resilience word is in there somewhere. But so I don't think it actually comes from childhood or does it and does it matter? So your conditioning happens in childhood, how you see mm-hmm. the world, right? And how you think the world sees you. And so we carry that part forward unconsciously. It's not like it's right here in your face. You have to actually develop self-awareness, right? To go, oh, wait a minute. Why do I react that way? Or why do I have this pattern? Or, you know, like a lot of things that we do, I don't know how many moments you've had in your life where I remember even in my 20s before I started actively doing, I don't want to say working on myself, but becoming familiar with who I was. I remember, you know, going, why do I hold the fork like that? Or why do, you know, just things like that, right? They're just totally on autopilot. And when they become clear, you go, oh, wait a minute. Okay. I see why I do. I don't want to do that anymore. You know? And so it's not so simple as to go, I don't want to do that anymore, but to have the awareness of how you're operating. I think most people don't have that. Most people are checked into how other people operate instead of looking at themselves. Although if you look at other people and you see how they can mirror you, you can actually learn something about yourself. You know how they always say like, oh, what you don't like in someone else, it's what you don't like in yourself, that kind of thing. But it's more than that. It's the why behind it. Like, what is your motivation? Because your motivation has everything to do with why you get out of bed. It has to do with what you choose to do during the day. And if you are externally motivated, which means you need that outside validation, you're not really doing it from, that's not confidence. That's needing acceptance from other people. You know, that's needing to not be punished. That's to be hopefully rewarded. And again, at least not punished. So it's really about how we, again, how we operate. We learn how to operate, but we can unlearn all of that. But you have to be aware you're doing it in the first place. That is fantastic. I love that distinction between whether it's an external or an internal Shlooby doo that you're chasing. That's a special (laughs) podcast word, shlooby doo. How do you you prevent it from going in the opposite direction, right? How do you prevent it from? So I see these, and I'm going to, I don't mean to sound judgmental, but I am going to be judgmental. You see these scumbag guys running around in bars, for example, and you see some of the books that they write, how to. I, I'm sure they have cooler names than this, but they're basically, how do I trick people into bed? And they're saying, oh, you just got to be confident. You just got to be confident. So what's that line between confidence, actual self-confidence and arrogance? Well, okay. So there, there's a book behind me, The Insecure. It's the Overcoming Insecure Attachment, right? So people that tend to be um, insecurely attached, there's a theory, because uh, you'll probably ask me, well, what is insecure attachment, right? So insecure attachment theory, it was about attachment theory is what it was called. And it was in the late sixties by Dr. John Bowlby. And he had an assistant named Mary Ainsworth who took it a step further and came up with attachment styles through an experiment that she did. 
And one of the attachment styles is an avoidant attachment style. So like the scumbag in the bar is probably an avoidant, which means that they're completely cut off from their emotions. The only thing they can really feel is anxiety and they become so strategic in how they live. You know, everything is like, like they're at, I don't want to say at war, but you know how people are strategic at war, right? You've got to do this. And when you you move into this position, you know, your enemy's over here. So you're going to be safe over there. Well, that's pretty much how people like that operate. The problem is if anybody ever got close to them or they tried to get close to them, they couldn't deal with it. They would never, they would run. That's why they run. That's why they hide. That's why they avoid when it comes to emotional intimacy. So usually those kind of people fall into that. Anybody who wants to manipulate another person is a very insecure person to begin with. That's not a confident person. That's somebody who says, I'm not good enough. And I got to figure out a way to, you know, uh, basically manipulate somebody into a position where I seem to have confidence, where they'll think that I'm wonderful or whatever it is they're trying to get out of the situation. I need to do more reading on that because I know, um, Jessica Fern also does, um, has a book on the attachment styles when it comes to polyamory. So Mm -hmm. I need to start at the beginning and work my way up through that. So good stuff. What is, if I say, you know, I'm listening to this interview and I say, okay, all right, that's it, man. I need to get more self-confidence. What is the first step? So the first, the first step is to basically stop and look at what you do in any moment of the day. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're having a conversation with your boss, you're having a conversation with your mate, your friend, somebody. Notice if you are putting energy, meaning your physical, emotional, uh, mental energy into effort. So this means you have to really pay attention to the energy going out of your body. Like a lot of times when you're, let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say that you have a friend who says, can you go pick up my, my dry cleaning? It's 30 miles away. And you go, yes, I'll do that. Cause you don't want to lose that friend. You know, you physically feel exhausted. You mentally feel exhausted. You are angry. Probably you feel all those feelings, right? So a lot of times we do this daily. We don't have to go get the pants or the dry cleaning 30 miles away. But if you notice how you feel, then that's a sign like, Hey, guess what? You don't need to do this. You need to stop doing this right now. And so you can say to the person, hey, guess what? You know what? I realize that I do these things for you, but I realize that it's making me angry because I don't feel like I'm taking care of myself when I do it. So I need to take care of myself by stopping doing things that deplete me. And when I say yes to things to my own detriment, that depletes me. Fantastic. Uh, Tracy, I feel like we could talk on and on, but I don't really want to talk to you on the podcast anymore. I want to hire you to help me with my self-confidence. If I wanted to do that or get a hold of you for any other reason, how would I do that? Uh, you can go to my website, which is tracycrossley.com. And it's Tracy, T-R-A-C-Y-C-R-O-S-S-L-E-Y. And you can find everything there. You can find my social media links. You can find all my programs. Um, or you can just do a Google search and find me. And then I have a book that's available at every bookseller on the planet. And that is Overcoming Insecure Attachment. Take a moment to support the podcast. Rate us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or head over to YouTube and rate us over there, wherever you watch. Or just tell your friends. We appreciate the interactions 
the comments, the emails, feel free to reach out to us either via Discord, Facebook, Instagram, or just write us, Dane and Dawn, at eroticawakening.com. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. <laughs> <laughs>